for Subtext and Discourse with myself, Michael Dooney. Over the past few weeks, I've been interviewing the artists who participated in the Jarvis Dooney Gallery 2019 Postcard Salon. In today's episode, I'd like to speak about the exhibition itself and in the context in which it evolved. I'll start by reading the first few paragraphs of the exhibition text from the most recent Postcard Salon. It isn't an easy time to be running a contemporary art gallery, unless, as in many other industries, you're one of the few at the top of the pyramid. This was evidenced over the past 24 months with a significant number of gallery closures. Not only small to medium-sized galleries with a modest clientele, but also established spaces with a reputation that extends beyond the savvy art connoisseur. Often shrouded in mystery, the art world and accompanying market is one of the few industries still to embrace the changes brought with the post-incident age of globalisation and digitisation. Change now, however, is inevitable and unavoidable. The mega galleries, as they're known, are expanding in the same way as other major brands, where, for example, 10 companies control 90% of food sales, the art market is going in a similar direction. According to recent market surveys, around 5,000 art dealers worldwide 1% of around 300,000 are responsible for up to 80% of total sales by value. Following the 2008 global financial crisis, the segments between $5,000 and $250,000 have not recovered from the contraction in the market in 2009, but have continued to decline. With sales and buying interests becoming more centred on high-end galleries, the small spaces have come under increasing pressure. This, in addition to rising overheads, the cost of participating in fairs to remain relevant, and the fact that auction houses and art advisors are starting to offer many of the services typically provided by galleries, the future of the small to mid-level gallery is looking rather bleak. With many more of these spaces being forced to close, what will become of emerging contemporary artists? Without the smaller galleries to include their work in group shows, give them their first solo exhibition, find buyers and collectors for their work, connect them with curators and institutions, and do everything they can to ensure they reach the level of success, it will become increasingly difficult for emerging artists to leave the studio and find an audience for their work. Although there is no obvious solution to the problems faced by galleries in this new global art market landscape, one thing that is clear is the need to re-examine the existing business model and investigate ways in which contemporary art galleries can sustain themselves and their artists which is why now, more than ever, it is important for the lower 95% of galleries and artists to work together, develop new models of collaboration to find a sustainable solution that enables artists a platform for exhibiting their work to the public. Mindful of the aforementioned situation and our own experiences since establishing in 2013, the Postcard Salon was conceived as a way of examining, addressing and potentially overcoming some of the problems that many galleries now find themselves. There's a lot there to unpack, and I think anyone who follows the market probably is already aware of this problem. It regularly makes an appearance in Artnet or the Art Newspaper and various other publications which discuss the state of the market, and in various forums at uh, Basel and Talking Galleries in Barcelona, all the various satellite events all touch on this issue of what is to be done or how smaller and medium-sized galleries can in fact sustain themselves in this changing marketplace. So with that being said, this is a topic which is going to constantly be reappearing in future episodes of the podcast. Before I go further, I want to mention a quote from art market reporter Georgina Adam, who pointed out that the art market is not a single market, but a series of sub-markets, meaning that although we only ever hear about what happens at the very top of the art market, as I mentioned already Basel, but 
places like Freeze and other major fairs that take place around the world. Also, the records are constantly being set at the major auction houses. That's really only the tip of the art world iceberg. And there's a whole ecosystem below that, which is often, unfortunately, overlooked and a lot of people don't really appreciate. Contributes a lot to what is eventually seen because, you know, artists don't start out big. They have to grow. And the place where they generally start is typically in the smaller galleries where they have room to experiment and to grow. I hope through this podcast and in future episodes, I can shed some light on other part of the industries. With regards to the closures of small and medium-sized galleries, I want to clarify that I'm talking about commercial art galleries, those that exist on the primary market. For those that aren't aware, the art market is typically split into two. There's the primary market and the secondary market. In very basic terms, the primary market is for new work and the secondary market is for work that has already previously been owned. So somebody's already bought it from the gallery or they've bought it directly from the artist studio and then they've sold it onto a a third party. So how did we get the idea for the postcard salon? I think around middle of 2017 is when the idea kind of developed to a point where we thought we could realise it. But the inspiration initially was our flyer table at the entrance to the gallery. So over the years, I observe people's behavior in the space. They look at the exhibition, they come and say hello. And before they leave, they spend a few minutes looking through each of the postcards and flyers on our table, deciding which one to take with them. Even liking that to the amount of time that people spend in gift shops at museums, People like to take little mementos with them. I wondered what could it be like if we had an exhibition which was only postcards. Maybe put a flyer table in the middle of the space. The cards themselves then become the exhibition. Obviously there was a bit more to it than that, but that was kind of the main premise behind how the show would go forward. So we wondered then how could we make this happen? The whole point of postcards is they're like a tool for promoting an exhibition or the artist's work. And for the most part, they're given away for free. We didn't want to charge people for the cards in the show. They would be available freely for people to take. Although we're a gallery that supports artists and presents exhibitions, technically we're a commercial gallery and therefore we're not eligible for any funding or sponsorship or other kinds of financial support. So Christy and I work various other jobs to support the space, much in the same way that artists have a side job to support their practice. We work separate jobs to build this platform to present the work of the artists that we believe in. Looking at what the options were, uh, crowdfunding is something that we've tried in the past and it doesn't really work. The recent article from Tim Schneider in The Grey Market entertained this idea of a subscription model. I think this could be an interesting possibility in the future, but I think at the moment the perception towards galleries is still largely negative and a lot of people don't want to give their money to a commercial space for whatever reason. Even asking for a one euro donation for a glass of wine at an opening is difficult enough. So asking people to sponsor an exhibition was never going to happen. We soon realized the only way that we would make this work is if both the artists and the gallery put up their own money to financially enable the exhibition to happen. So then the next question is, what was a fair amount for us to charge? Knowing already that nothing was going to be for sale, we had our overhead still to cover. So we had the cost of hosting an exhibition on top of our usual costs. The initial plan was to print 100 cards per artist. Keeping the numbers round, we thought 100 cards, 100 euros. That way we can afford to put on the exhibition, we can keep the gallery open, and we can put on a really great exhibition for the artists that participate. 
Now, I've also been active as an artist, so I understand the contention towards participation fees and entry fees and how a lot of people don't like the idea of having to pay to show their work because this wasn't a traditional call for entries. We took extra care to be completely transparent throughout the entire process so that anybody who was interested in perhaps taking part understood that the postcard salon was an experiment and exhibition making and an exploration of new ways that art and galleries could potentially collaborate outside the usual formula. Despite our best efforts, the 100 euros still upset a lot of people as we expected that it would. I understand how frustrating it can be. You know, where does the money go? What am I paying for? This isn't fair. You're pricing out artists that can't afford to pay for this. So for completeness, the 100 euros went towards processing each of the entries, selecting the artists, corresponding with the artists to get the correct image and text for their card, designing the postcards, having the postcards printed and delivered, installing the exhibition, hosting a number of events, keeping the gallery open for the duration of the show, and finally posting the remaining cards back to the artists after the exhibition ended. So although 100 euros on the face of it might seem like a lot, once you factor everything in, the 100 euros doesn't go so far. Unfortunately, a lot of artists don't understand the financial demands of the industry. Throughout this process, there were no shortage of people saying that 100 euros was a joke, it was excessive, it was predatory, or that 100 is fine for posh artists that can afford to pay for it. I think superficially you could agree with each of these claims, but I guess if you put it into the context of any other professional industry, it's a little bit naive. I don't know of any other line of work where you don't have to invest something financially in order to advance your career. I don't know if that's your initial training, if you're doing further education, if you have to buy specific clothing, travel costs, buying equipment, paying membership fees, insurance, uh, attending seminars, going to various industry events. We need to be realistic. The cost of being in business does soon add up. So part of the premise of this exhibition wasn't so much a, this is a competition, you can pay to enter and have an exhibition. It really was an exploration of a mode of collaboration where everybody involved financially contributes to what's going to happen so that something can be facilitated without depending on outside support to make it work. What was required of the artist to participate in the postcard salon? Obviously the 100 euros, which we just spoke about. They also needed to have a website. Other than that, they just had to select one representative image of their choice to be shown on the card together with the bio, an artistic statement, and like links to their social media and so on. Literally everything else was taken care of by the gallery. Planning the exhibition, we felt that 100 euros was a reasonable investment on the part of the artist because they didn't have to worry about printing costs or framing or shipping or literally anything else. From that standpoint, we felt that it was pretty okay. Just as a side note, I think what's worth considering and what I would recommend a lot of artists think about when it comes to fees like what are you ultimately paying for and what is your potential return on investment? So rather than just looking at it as a figure and thinking that's X amount of money, that's too much or that's not fair or I shouldn't have to pay, think about what it is that you're getting for your money. It's the same with competitions, any kind of calls for entry, a portfolio review, anything that involves 
paying for a service. If what you're getting out of the exchange is worth it for you, then it doesn't matter how much you're paying. If it's reasonable for you to say, well, by paying this fee, I'm getting access to these people. I'm part of this initiative. I've gained some insight that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Then it paid for itself. I think that's why I wanted to take it back to any kind of business expense because in some industries to go to a conference or to go to a seminar, like you can spend hundreds, in some cases thousands of dollars, euros, pounds, whatever, to take part in these events, to meet the people that are, you know, leaders in the field, artist ones. They're relatively affordable when you compare it to other industries. That was one of the other things that we, we thought about when we put it together. 100 euros to have an exhibition and to be part of this experiment, it's not unreasonable. And it can be hard, I guess, when the critical voices and people that weren't happy with what we were doing drown out the ones who were on board and did think that it was a good initiative. Although there was a lot of backlash, we did get a really good response. A lot of really nice work came through. Like ultimately, we selected 35 artists to take part in the very first postcard salon. So 35 artists times 100 postcards, 3,500 cards to to build the exhibition. I don't think I mentioned it yet, but part of this experiment in exhibition making was that each stage of the process for us was really a complete unknown because we didn't know what response everybody would have to this. It was hard to gauge how many people would enter. Like we didn't know if we'd get none, if we would get a few hundred. You know, it takes a lot to plan an exhibition when you know what you're going to have. But if you don't know what you're going to have, you can't really plan anything. So thankfully, when the call out ended, we had a good number of artists and some really nice work to select from to go forward with the next stage. I mentioned earlier that the flyer table at the entrance to the gallery was one of the inspirations for the exhibition. Something else that inspired the show was the actual architecture of the space itself. So those who don't know, the gallery is located in a kind of half basement or souterrain. So we don't have these beautiful big shop front windows. We just have two small windows where you can see into the space. For me, coming in each day, it irks me a bit that I, I have to lean down to look at the walls or unless I'm on the other side of the street, the one thing I can see is the floor. So in addition to having a show just with postcards, I thought it could be nice to have an exhibition that covers the floor. So rather than the walls and the vertical surfaces being the focal point, the floor of the gallery would be the exhibition surface. So with that in mind, we used the cards to build a giant mosaic that covered the floor of of the gallery. In a way, we created a Gesamtkunstwerk where the exhibition itself became an art piece and each of the cards were one small part of a larger artwork. The opening of any event, gathering or exhibition can always be a bit unnerving. You don't know if and when people are going to show up. For this exhibition in particular, we were especially nervous because we didn't know how everybody was going to react. Through the call out, we got a good number of artists who were based in Berlin. They naturally came to the opening, brought a few friends with them, other people that had been following the progress on social media or read about it in a mailing list were also really curious to see how this whole thing would be realized. 
because we were doing something so out of the ordinary, we didn't know how people were going to react to it. The feedback to the exhibition was overwhelmingly positive, which obviously was a huge relief. I don't think anybody could have imagined what it was going to be. And I don't know if it was just because like the presentation itself was so unexpected or that it was cards or that you could interact with the exhibition and take things away. But the yeah, the mood and the feeling in the show was really quite unique. And that was something really special about it. So we never actually planned to have a second one. I think because there were so many unknowns throughout the process and the ultimate response from the audience and the artists to the exhibition itself, how do you create that kind of a feeling when the feeling is a result of serendipity? For that reason, we didn't ever really entertain the idea of thinking we'll do it again after this. Like it really was just an exercise in exhibition making and an experiment in new models. But the positive feedback extended long after the exhibition. So we had a lot of artists afterwards writing and saying, oh, when are you going to have the next one? Even a lot of people that just came and saw the exhibition expressed similar feelings about the potential for a second show. So we gave it a lot of thought and eventually decided to go ahead with a second version of the postcard salon. I guess the difference this time was that we had a general concept which we know that worked. There were certain factors within the first iteration we really wanted to recreate. The kind of unique experience that people had when they first entered the space, not knowing what they were going to see, we wanted to have that again. No matter what we did, we did not want to repeat ourselves. We took the time to brainstorm, which was probably about a month or two of looking at different ideas and ways in which we could take the same foundation and build something new. So in the second postcard salon, which took place at the beginning of this year, we had 58 artists, so almost double, and many of the artists returned from the first edition. We still had some criticism of the 100 euros. I guess that's unavoidable. We did what we could to explain the process to people, to help understand what we were setting out to achieve. I won't talk about the the numbers in great detail, but in the description of the podcast, I've included some of the demographic information. So the number of participants from the first year to the second year, the gender balance, geographic information, and a handful of other items. So when it came to the opening this time, we were a lot more confident. I think this sculpture that we constructed took about 30 hours. We weren't worried how people were going to take it because it was impressive in the space. Each time we came back into the gallery, sometimes we forgot that it was there and you kind of get a shock but at the opening we had a lot more people attend some of the artists even traveled from other countries all within germany and they made their way to to berlin which is really nice the kind of community that was built really in the first edition has grown since and i think that's a really nice side effect of this experiment that we didn't really expect to happen Because of how unpredictable it was planning the first edition of the postcard salon we unfortunately didn't get to have any artist talks We made sure that as part of the second edition, that artist talks would be part of the program. Now, it wasn't ever going to be possible to have all 58 people available, but we did manage to have 10 of the participating artists together for a afternoon of artist talks together with brunch and drinks. It was a challenge for my interviewing and hosting skills, bringing together that many people, keeping the audience engaged, moving through each of the talks at a good pace, 
but it was a really great afternoon and I think likewise at the opening event the artist talk was also really quite intimate and a good chance for people to meet the artists for the artists to interact with one another it kind of just reinforced this community aspect of the exhibition that was really unexpected and is really one of the nicest things that's come out of this this exercise so it's been now three months since the exhibition has ended. We kept the cards at the gallery for gallery weekend where more of them were collected. However, now we're going to start packing them up and posting them back to everybody. Reflecting on both the exhibitions, it really was something quite special. And I think kind of having that distance now, I can see why people were so enthusiastic about wanting to have it again. Whether or not we'll have a third edition, I'm not sure yet, but... I think just the creative community situation that came out of this exhibition makes it very tempting to want to try to have it again. Now, whether this is a potential solution to the struggles that we're going through, we, the small to medium-sized galleries, I'm not entirely sure. But I think one thing that is very clear from both of the events that we held is that we, the creative community, need to collaborate a lot more. I think definitely if the smaller spaces are going to find a way to sustain themselves, it's only if we collaborate and work together because it's impossible to compete with the mega galleries. Not that we should, but at least to cultivate a scene that people can get behind and support. Which might take a while because I think for too many people, there's this belief that artists and galleries are somehow at odds with one another and that galleries hold all the cards and they're the gatekeepers preventing artists from realizing their dreams and holding them back. I mean, I don't know where this stereotype originates because I'm yet to witness it firsthand. And even when I was active as an artist, I'd not come across this. So hopefully this stereotype will eventually disappear or we can start getting behind people that are doing the right thing rather than perpetuating this myth but I think given the challenges facing small and medium-sized galleries perhaps going beyond hosting exhibitions is how we're going to stay relevant I think the postcard salon was a way of challenging expectations from from the gallery from the artists and even the general public to some extent for what's possible within within the framework of an art gallery I'm hoping as well that through interviewing the artists for this podcast will allow us to also generate content that goes beyond the physical exhibition space and yeah maybe capture some of this sort of community building spirit from the exhibition and keep it alive without repeating myself or going into more detail i think that's probably everything for the moment if you have any other questions about the postcard salon the first or the second or the concept in general that i didn't cover in this summary please just leave a comment below and i'll do my best to answer them Within the description, I've also linked to some installation images and the exhibition text related to the salon for any of you that are curious. Thanks so much for listening. The next few episodes will continue with the conversations with the salon participants. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out. I, of course, appreciate any support for the podcast on Patreon, as well as sharing the podcast to grow the audience. Follow us on social media to keep up to date with other events and initiatives from Jarvis Dooney Gallery. As always, I welcome any feedback or comments to the episodes. My name is Michael Dooney, and you've been listening to Subtext and Discourse. <laughs>